When people in the Midlands want to talk, they talk to Will Faulkner. Well, good morning. How are you? Hope you're in the Christmas spirit because somebody in Edenderry very much was not and decided they wanted to ruin the arrival of Santa. More on that in 15 minutes. Also, the campaign for safer maternity services after all that we endured over the years in Portlaoise, all of those harrowing stories, all of those painful losses by parents. Is this still an issue? And a court has heard how a young man tried to murder his own mother by setting her house on fire while she was still inside. This happened in Delvin in County Westmeath. More on that from half past 11. When you call 0818 300 103 is my number. You can text, you can WhatsApp 083 30 10 103 powered by Lamb Brothers Toyota in Tullamore. There's Mr Tuberty on the front of the Irish Independent today. He's reading to the pupils at Rampark National School in Jenkinstown in County Louth. And, of course, he's interviewed as well in many of today's newspapers. I'll get to what he has to say in a few minutes. But the main story on The Independent, anger as households told electricity credit is delayed until the new year. Now, in case you're having a panic attack, it's not going to be everybody. It very much depends on when your bill ordinarily lands and whether you are on a monthly bill or a two-monthly bill. But for whatever reason, in how this was set up, the credit will not be applied for some customers. They will not see the benefit of it until January. Moving to the Irish Times, Gorthy believe one local person in Galway is responsible for the arson attack at the Ross Lake House Hotel in Uchterard on Saturday night. And they are still assessing the damage. It's believed a significant portion of the building, the newer part of the building, which was intended to accommodate up to 70 asylum seekers, that it is destroyed and will be unsuitable in the short to medium term for such accommodation. And according to the Irish Times, some people from the far-right National Party had been campaigning in the area to oppose immigration and they believe there is one individual in particular who is responsible for the fire. There are some in Fianna Fáil who believe the government is to blame. So let's hear, for instance, from Councillor Noel Thomas, who yesterday said the government should not continue to accept people looking for asylum because the inn is full. In response, a Fianna Fáil spokesperson said, we do not accept any equivocation in respect to any criminal acts and do not accept attempts or suggestions being made to equate migration with increased criminality. Right, what else is making the front pages today. Uh, well, actually, we go inside the papers because there is a, an opinion piece in the Irish Independent about immigration and it suggests there will be 200 asylum seekers who are on the streets at the moment who will spend Christmas on the streets 
at a time when the government claims Ireland is not full. So clearly, if it's not full, there is a question to be asked about why 200 people would be on the streets, why Irish people would be on the streets, people of all persuasions and none. Let's move more locally. The Offaly Express details how an under-14 Midlands schoolboys and schoolgirls league game was abandoned at the weekend because an alleged threat was made to the match referee. And the referee has posted about the incident on social media, suggesting that the threat was directed at him and his family, not by a supporter, but by a coach from one of the teams involved. And his post has been viewed more than 111,000 times. Again, more details on the Offaly Express. Joe Dunn is a name that will send a shiver down the spine of, well, many victims of sexual abuse. He is an 82-year-old priest who was sentenced to four years in prison, wholly suspended in March of this year. And uh, his suspension was overturned by the Court of Appeal yesterday. And so the former priest will spend his sentence behind bars. He had pleaded guilty to five counts of indecently assaulting a young woman on dates between January and December of 1989, when she was already extremely vulnerable and he was a priest at the time and obviously in a position of trust. And so began 34 years of hell for her, as she described through her victim impact statement. And at the time of his guilty pleas, Mr Dunn, who had an address at Ballycrystal, Geishal, County Offaly, had no previous convictions. More details in the Irish Times on that. So Ryan Tuberty believes the scandal that erupted during the summer was possibly the best thing that ever happened to him in hindsight. And while he was trashed during the commentary that arose about his pay and undisclosed commercial arrangements and the Renault deal and so on, ultimately in the end he has now landed a brilliant deal from his perspective to work for Virgin Radio in London. And so he has given... Well, a series of interviews, but speaking on the Laughs of Your Life with Diren Garrahi, which is a podcast, he says, maybe someday, maybe someday he will be back. But I always wanted to go to London. I always wanted to investigate radio over there and TV, but I never did. And I think I was procrastinating in hindsight. So... He's feeling happy about his situation and there's no bitterness with anybody he used to work with. I suppose the question is whether the lesson is learned. He has apologised before the Oireachtas Committee and he has tried to fall on his sword in some respects, but he never fully accepted his role in that controversy and ultimately he and RTE parted company in a way that I think was acrimonious. Ultimately, the Director-General walked away from the negotiating table. It doesn't really get any more acrimonious than that when somebody just stands up and leaves the room, figuratively speaking. The European elections take place next year and Fianna Fáil is 
yet to select its candidate for the what will be the Midlands Northwest, but an enlarged constituency to also include Leash and Offaly, and hence Barry Cowan, the sitting TD in that constituency. He is tempted and has declared his interest in running for Europe. But a blast from the past. The Irish Examiner says Pat the Gope Gallagher, who twice served as an MEP, is also interested in contesting the election. And you add into the mix Senator Lisa Chambers, Donegal Senator Neil Blaney. It's by no means a given that Barry Cowan will be off to Europe, that he'll even be on the ballot paper. We shall see. Apple is trying frantically to rescue its watch business because in the United States, and this only applies in the United States so far, it has been told to take the watch off the shelf and the watches are worth $15.5 billion a year in business to Apple. And it all has to do with patents and algorithms and copyright. And, well, we'll watch and see, does it, pardon the pun, watch and see, does it spread over here if the legal challenges will be taken elsewhere? But there's a company called Massimo that claims... Apple has infringed on its patents and so far it's winning the legal battle. Final one for you, as we look towards Christmas, less than a week to go. It will be a windy one, says the long-range forecast from Met Aaron, but still no sign of a white Christmas. As we look closer to uh, today, well, this afternoon actually, a little bit showery but mainly sunny and temperatures of 7 to 9 degrees. Wednesday, a little more in the way of scattered rain and drizzle, but mild, even at night, tomorrow night, 8 to 11 degrees, and getting a bit warmer as the week goes on. So, as we get to next Monday, looks like blustery conditions, chance of rain, but if you're holding out hope for that little dusting of snow, unfortunately, don't hold your breath. By the way, Mary Caulfield has been in touch. Let's see, do you agree with Mary? She asks, Since when did we, as Irish people, start calling Christmas the holidays? For feck's sake, you're not American. I live here in America, and I don't even call it that. Please try and keep our traditions alive. Rant over. Midlands Today, with the stories beyond the headlines. Midlands 103. Still on the agenda today, health matters from half past ten. And if you have a question about Ozempic, the drug that was originally intended for diabetes but is now also being used to treat weight gain and manage weight loss, well, 083 30 10 103 on text and WhatsApp for your query. We're also taking a look at heart failure and irregular heartbeat. That's in just over ten minutes' time. Now, just imagine you set up a Santa's Grotto and you hope all of the little children in the area come and enjoy it. And remember, this is all done as a voluntary exercise. And when you arrive to open the grotto, you discover that it has been wrecked. John McNamee is the club chairperson at Derry Rovers Underage in Eden Derry. Morning, John. Morning, well. Tell us what happened. Um, 
Long story short, um, we arrived over on Saturday morning, luckily a little bit early, um, to set up the grotto and open up and get ready for the day before Santi arrived to see the kids. And when we walked in the door and, and turned on the lights, we just looked into where Santi would be and the Christmas tree, the Santa chair and all the Santa sacks around the place were all ransacked and threw around the place. Um, so we went into the back where we keep the presents and the ties for the kids and realised they were gone as well. So kind of left scratching our heads to what we were going to do. So, um, How many presents had you accumulated there? It's probably for that weekend we probably would have had up to say 50. Right. And then we, so, probably naively and stupidly, we had left a float cash box hidden in there as well, and that was gone as well. So, um, just when the elves got there, at least they were ready to go. Somebody gave them a fifty euro note or something that had changed. Like I was heading away last Saturday, so I wanted to just make sure everything was ready for them. So, that was also gone. And John, the people who did this would have had to get in. How? From what we're seeing, well, it looks like to walk into the shopping centre, in the front door, into the grotto, but managed to access the door and done it during shopping hours, to be honest. So, so how did you scramble then with, with, with so little time to save the day to keep the show on the road? Well, we got, I put a message in the club's WhatsApp group, and in fairness, People came down, the guards were down rapid, in fairness, they were straight in, so we made a decision that we were going to continue the day rather than disappoint people. So we got people down and we, we got the grotto back together. A patch job, definitely, wasn't what we would want, but at least Santi was able to arrive and have somewhere to go. So just many hands to deck. And in so the end, how many children did Santi meet? He, over the weekend, he met 55 to 60, I'd say. Good. Yeah, so um, obviously word had got out, so we had put posts on social media that it was still happening. So like, it's the only Santa Grotto in Edenderry, and we're very much aware that not everyone has a car and access to the villages around the country. So we made it was important, and look, being the second weekend before Christmas, we kind of had to say this is going on. And to be fair, in times like that, good, decent people tend to rally and support, and if anything galvanise and defy anybody who would wish to soil what is such a great gesture to the community. So hopefully yeah, the Gordy in their, in their investigations are able to trace whoever did this. Have you heard anything further from the Gordy? No, it's been looked at at the moment. Um, haven't heard any feedback yet, but it has been reported and been investigated at the moment. Um, yeah, but like you said getting people to come down and physically do a bit of work and we had people over the weekend donate to the club as well which is very much appreciated because while we're a busy club we try and keep things as cheap as ever as we can for people so we wouldn't be cash rich by any stretch of imagination so the grotto was a fundraiser but this year it's probably going to run at a loss but we will make sure it happens but no and if on the very remote chance that whoever did this isn't lying in bed and may, might actually be close to the radio, what would you say to them? I don't think I could say what I really want to say live on air, but... <laughs> well, give us um, the filtered version. No, to be honest with you, well, like, 
I'm a Edenderry man all my life. There's great people in Edenderry, but like for someone to do this and like at the end of the day they're taking off kids. Like if we had landed there at ten to one in the grotto open at one o'clock, there would have been kids outside going out of the centre crying that mm. they didn't get to see Santi. So I just I said, we're, we're old enough and long enough and the total not be surprised by anything, but this did rock me that somebody would do something like this. Well, again, probably not their first rodeo, but to do that, it's just mind-boggling. It is a really low blow at a time of year when you would hope the Christmas spirit prevails, and in the end it did, and well done yeah. to you and to all who rallied to make that happen. No, I appreciate that and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today on it as well and highlight and hopefully somebody out there knows something or saw something what they might have thought was maybe a club member in the grotto on last week. But as I said, it looks like they come in the front door and out the front door. Well, hopefully somebody does the right thing and passes all yeah. the information to the Gordy. John, regardless of this setback, have a great Christmas. Thanks so much, Will. And keep up the good work at Derry Rovers in Eden Derry. Coming up on nearly 28 minutes past 10 now. It's time to view the latest popular range of Tommy Bow men's footwear at Guy Clothing High Street Tullamore. Open seven days. Get a sneak peek on Guy Clothing's social media. Still on the agenda today, a court has heard how a young man tried to kill his own mother by setting her house on fire. This happened at Castleview Court in Delvin. The issue has now come before the courts and you'll hear um, what exactly happened and what the sentence outcome will be from half past 11 today. And campaigners for better maternity care are asking the government to review 21 baby deaths over the last decade. They're concerned there are similar issues happening in these tragedies and this is just eerily familiar for anybody who followed the needless deaths at Port Leash Hospital over many, many years. Please, please say that we have advanced beyond that and learned those painful lessons. But anyway, that's coming up after 11 today. Love the Midlands. Love Midlands Today with Will Faulkner. Midlands 103. Eamon Brady is here from... Wheelahan's Pharmacy in Mullingarn. He has a gift-wrapped present. And I'm suspicious. What is it? Why, why would you be suspicious? What is it? <laughs> it's well, just something close to your heart. <laughs> or maybe some other organ. But I said, uh, you know, I couldn't... Um, you'd like to talk to me about this um, subject quite a bit on the radio. We've at least talked about it three or four times. Um, Will, I... So I thought it'd be just Christmas. Christmas is here. And, um, May I open you know, it now? Of course you can, yes. <laughs> Pity, pity listeners can't see what you're opening, yeah. but I'm sure you'll explain, you know. So. Sinead, do you know what he's got me here? Do you know what this present is? It's a box that's very well wrapped, actually. Hard yeah. to open. Thanks to David in, in Wheelands and Clanmore, wrapped it very well. My goodness, so, yeah, yes. So. And it is... Sedana? Is this is this generic Viagra? <laughs> Works the exact same way, Will. <laughs> Not that you need it, are they? No. <laughs> but no, the reason I decided Christmas coming, Will, and you might have a few, you might have a few tipples, you might have the odd brandy, the odd beer. You know, you could be inclined to fall out of bed, so um, that might stop you falling out of bed. You know, you could, yeah, you can work <laughs> that I, out yourself. If I, fall, <laughs> if I do fall, I'll do damage. <laughs> 
it's um yeah no look I suppose um it's it's just um thanks for inviting me on it's just a time be appropriate to give you a little gift you know some, so, some so, people come uh, in with pastries uh, yeah. some people come in well, with I have a, a few of... pastries there as well which is kind of ironic because I'm going to be talking about um heart related issues but sure we need a little breakout now and again you know so, we do so. we do can I take one now um, I wouldn't I'd wait till you're off here you know okay. <laughs> I know I'm not serious but um I'm not here to talk about, about ED erectile dysfunction but I suppose it is it's a I know we were joking about it, but it's a it's a common common factor in in Maine obviously and um but it is very easily treatable and thankfully there's more um um recognition of the condition people are you know like actually it's available over the counter in pharmacies now um open you know there's two two brands there's Viagra there's Viagra Connect which is um everybody's heard of Viagra and then there's a generic version which is a little bit less expensive but equally as effective an Irish company called Roa make that and um as well as I'm I'm the with um like with the reasons I suppose we might as well talk about when we're mm. other subjects we'll move on to but um eighty five percent they reckon eighty five percent of erectile function is down to psychological um you know like basically it's nearly it's a self fulfilling prophecy I suspect yeah I suppose, if, yeah. if you believe there's an issue yeah. you will yeah. fret about it yeah. and that anxiety and, and, and you're with your partner you know you're you're embarrassed I suppose and it is for us men you know it's it's something that you know like it's yeah you're just like um you know and it makes it it, it can make it worse like you know so some of it is um and the other thing is if somebody is suffering from erectile dysfunction it's important to get um it's important first step to go to your GP because sometimes it can be actually a sign early sign believe it or not of heart disease because um it could be your um blood vessels could be a, a build up a plaque and believe it or not our smallest in men any the smallest blood vessels in the body is in that organ down below so it's um and it can be the first sign actually that there's um there is an issue with mm. you know heart related or circulatory problems you know so it's um so in know, any so, case so, certainly yeah. something to talk about to not yeah. internalize and keep to yourself and and look, I know we introduce this with humour, yeah. but it is so treatable oh, these is, days. We is, need you know, to yeah. get over and the taboo. Yeah, that's it. Like you know, it's important. Like you know, it's like even like a totally different topic. But like say, like in for women in menopause, you know, it's more openly talked about nowadays, and um, people are willing to talk about it. There's forums, and there's lots of treatments out there, and you know, and like people are getting better controlled. You know, like but going back to um, to ED. Like um, the first step is always go to your doctor. Uh, as I was saying, um, sildenafil is the name of the drug. Viagra is the famous brand mm-hmm. that came out like twenty five years ago, or whatever. But um, you know the Pfizer Riser as they called it. But um, <laughs> never it heard of that. Uh, yeah, Pfizer yeah, Riser. Yeah, yeah, made in Cork actually, believe it or not. Yeah. So and um, what they call it the um, so it's yeah the the really only treatment is actually the likes of you know there's a few. On prescription, there's a few forms of you know um them them, them drugs. Yeah, uh, so essentially it allows drugs, those you know, blood so. vessels to open up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like you know, and like I'm sometimes asked like people like actually if you don't have a, um an issue and you took Viagra, it's not going to do anything different to you. You know, so it's like you know because I had a lad in during the week looking to get um and this is supposed to get the serious side of it um I'm not so serious. He was looking to get it for his friend for a stag, and they're going to. This, this is bad I, mean, I advise him not to do this but anyway he's um, going to get it for his friend in the stag crush it up put it in his 
his um, drink, his oh, his no. mates, oh, no. and uh, but like it wouldn't. They thought that he'd be going around with you know like a, a you rather know embarrassing feature. Yeah, yeah but that wouldn't that wouldn't happen because it's only when you're like sexually aroused that it would actually take effect. You know, so um and but it actually could be dangerous because like all drugs, there's potential side effects. So that's why. Always go to your GP um, if you've heart problems. You know mm. it could it could exacerbate heart problems and um, you know has symptoms like um, like na- um, nasal congestion and, and things like that. But like, there is know, a so. perception that if you take this and you don't necessarily have ED, mm. you have some sort of a supercharged performance. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's no, that's not true. You know, so um, you know maybe some listeners will disagree, but um, no, that's not true. You know, and like you do get it for sale on the street. You know, as a you know like. Lads, I think basically what happens is lads get it on prescription and they don't need it, but they'll sell it to their mates or, you know, it's like yeah. for a tenner, a tenner a pop, you know, so it's yeah, like... The idea yeah, being so that, you know, a, you pop this yeah, and yeah. you can go all night then. Yeah, no, no, no. Now, well, let's say one thing is, um, this too, I, I wasn't intended to talk about records and folks today, but we're on the topic, you know. But, um, the, you brought it up. That, that subject came up, yeah, yeah, yeah. excuse the pun, you know. But um, the, um, there's... Sildenafil is uh, it works within a few hours and it's effect you know if you're if you're in that you know lucky enough to be in that position and eat it I suppose but um that romantic moment as I say but um there's one called Tadinafil Cialis would be the original brand name and basically they they say they they say that Sildenafil is the one for the night you know for and Tadinafil is the one for the weekend because its effect lasts over. 72 hours, you know, oh. so that's on prescription only, you know. So, right. And what, so sorry, again, uh, go to your doctor. And yeah, always go out. to your doctor. And as I said, it's for sale over the counter, but a strict protocol. You can't buy it over the counter unless you've previously been diagnosed with ED by your doctor. You've had all the medical checkups, the pharmacist, strict protocol for us to go through a questionnaire, you know, and um, and then, you know, um, if it's safe, pharmacist fees are safe to do so. Um, they'll, they'll sell it like so you have to go every pharmacy is a private consultation room and everything is very discreet you know mm. so it's it's um you know so men never have to be you know it's like you know we're not going to be out over the counter oh there you go Johnny there's your Viagra you know yeah. you know so, okay. so, um, so there are uh, yeah. different options yeah. depending on the need of the individual exactly you know and your GP is always your first protocol you know that's um you know to get a full check up you know so yeah Happy right. Christmas. Happy Christmas, yeah. Don't fall out of bed, you know. So. Mrs. Faulkner is text. She's arranging a hotel room because, you know, we need either a babysitter or a hotel room. So let's talk about heart failure. Um, let's distinguish that, I suppose, from heart attack, from cardiac arrest, from those more yep. acute uh, events. Yep. Heart failure is a more progressive, degenerative condition. Yep, and it's... Um it's yeah, it's more common in older people, like the older we get, and heart failure, like it's um, it's an old term. Congestive heart failure is there, or congestive cardiac failure, I suppose, is the medical term for it. It's um, average age, age diagnosis is seventy six. Certain risk factors bring it on, you know. So be it um, like diabetes, high blood pressure, and so on. But basically, it's it's all it was simple as we think of the heart as a pump, and the pump isn't um, working as efficiently as it should be. Be it from um, it could be actually from a previous heart attack. It could be from high blood pressure for years. It's put pressure in the heart. You know various factors. Um, the yeah, as it says, the average age diagnosed is seventy six, right? And um, it's a leading actually. It's actually leading causes of hospital admissions in the over um sixty five group. Mm. Symptoms are fatigue and like sometimes people um 
like initially you don't realise they have it and like we all suffer a bit of fatigue but sometimes put down to age but then the more serious symptoms I suppose are shortness of breath um, especially when lying lying down swollen feet and ankles are actually a common one you know and you, you actually then so you see this accumulation up, of fluid is that yeah it? yeah and you can end up in, in as it progresses you can end up because the um with um fluid in lungs as well and that would cause a shortness of breath you know um it is um now unfortunately the prognosis isn't like I mean many people wish and with congestive heart failure um live for years the average I suppose um they say the and and medication has vastly improved its um its its the the, the life expectancy from it, but um the um um what was it what would, what would be so, the lifestyle or dietary changes yeah that well it's all it's help. all it's all the usual ones for any kind of heart related cardiac it's, it's the ones that I've been talking to you for years and, and many conditions you know but um losing weight. And actually, diabetes is a big, big factor for mm. it as well. But losing weight, exercising. Now, the problem is it's kind of a vicious circle. If you've developed cardiac failure, you're not able to exercise as well. And, you know, because you're breathless and that, you yeah. know. So I suppose it's like... Although they say young, 80% you know, of weight loss is diet and only yeah. 20% is exercise. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, it might, might be quite that percentage, but diet is the massive factor, mm. like, you know. So it's, um, you know... And like like we we have we do have an obesity epidemic. It's something I might mention later. Is this empic this new skinny jab? That, you know, but but doesn't matter what, you know. It's like it's all about diet and exercise. You know, that's a massive factor. Like you know, and it's um, but it's it's and it um, sounds like prevention is better than cure. Yeah, but if you can make it, these lifestyle you know, so, changes earlier, yeah. rather than waiting until you're seventy six yeah, when you're yeah. diagnosed. And and, and and you know what? There is a genetic. You know, so look at your parents. You know, like your uncles, aunts. If you've if you've um you know, or like relatives or especially your um, close relatives that have, have cardiac failure. But same, it's actually the same for most cardiac problems. You know, there is a genetic, mm-hmm. you know, risk factor, like, you know, so like, um, you know, but generally it's lifestyle is the biggest, you know, smoking, like, of course, it's the cause of every, well, you know, well every, there are you know, no it's, good it's a, sides to yeah, it, unfortunately, yeah. no. Now, but it is very, it's it's like, it's, it's three, but like, like the, if you look at the statistics, medical statistics, it's the, the average life expectancy of somebody from diagnosis is five years, right? But it's anything, they're actually getting 10 years for, um, more than 10 years for people with proper control, you know, some of that people, and the medication that's used for it, some of us is the well, diuretics. They they're the ones that um reduce fluids, you mm. know. So fruzamide, a lot of um your listeners would know of that drug, but um fruzamide, a bure and and that, because that reduces the fluid, especially where they're saying, um swelling in the ankles. The reason for um swelling in the ankles and the lower legs is because it's the furthest away from the heart, so it's the heart, it's the, you think of it like it's it's basically like the the pump action is the lowest there, you know, and yes. gravi- gravity as well, like, you know, so then there's blood pressure medications like ACE inhibitors, um, beta blockers, which kind of regulate the heart, um, and there's, there's other ones, uh, angiotensin 2 inhibitors or like ACE inhibitors. Digoxin is sometimes used, it's um, it's uh, basically regulates the, the heartbeat, and then you might be put on, it does increase your risk of clots, so you might be put on blood thinners, it could be aspirin, or it could be something a little bit stronger, clobidogrel, and there's new, Actually, in the last few years, there's like in the old days, if you had a big clot risk, you'd be put on warfarin, you know. But nowadays, warfarin is used very little. It's um and warfarin. The problem with warfarin is, um, you have to go for a lot of um blood tests. It's called INO, or it's mm. you know because the 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 margin of you know between 
too high where you that warfarin level is too high would increase your risk of bleeds the too low would increase your risk of clots it's very low you know and hospital appointments every few weeks and um and it has it interacts with an awful lot of um other medication foods even something as simple as bovril or wow. you know it's like and, you know so, so there, that, but there are other the, forms ones, now of yeah in the last 10 years they're called noax they're, they're novel novel um basically short for novel anticoagulants and a lot of your listeners they're and they're quite quite safe and um they're like the brand names is some of your listeners will will know them um Sorelto, Eloquis, um and so on and they're they're a lot safer than I mean I mean that's I'm not trying to I mean I'm warfarin it's safe once you're you know but it's just a lot more work you know it's like I'm warfarin still in certain conditions that you still need to use warfarin, you know, but like I say, somebody like, but... um, This is going to be determined by your doctor anyway. Yeah, 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 but often be a GP, but often your GP refer you to a consultant, you know, or sorry, a cardiologist, like, you know, so it's, um, you know, but um, the main thing, prevention, it's like any medic, any treatment, uh, sorry, any condition, you know, prevention is better than cure. Look at your family history. If you are living with, um, if you are overweight and like, like high statistics in Ireland, you know, like, most Western nations, we you know, it's like it's um we we do we you know we are as a as a nation, um heavier than we we should be and um but then if you're diabetic and you know other risk factors smoking mm-hmm. family history they're the big ones but um healthy diet exercise eating healthy you know and, and, and the other takeaway I'm hearing is so, don't be an ostrich about it if you see that you're yep. starting to develop the fluid yep. if you've got that lethargy that fatigue. Yep. Be yeah. proactive. Go to the doctor. Exactly. You know. Don't and just hope it'll go away. Yeah, and the key is, and like men are worse than women at getting their regular checkups from you know their GP. You know, get your checkup once a year. The simple as that. You know, even if you know, you know, because basically from forty on, you know, we won't mention our age as well, but we're we're, we're the wrong side of forty as well. <coughs> <you know>? So, <laughs> but um, hence, what they call hence, it? Hence your thoughtful so, gift. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Like you know, but it's um, but. Yeah, but like you get your annual checkup once a year, um, like things of this, not just this, this is like, you know, every, not just cardiac problems, but anything from cancer to diabetes, blood tests and all that. Well, you know, it's like... Um, it's a full NCT. You know, so, yeah, that's it. Like, you know, it's like, like we get our car, we get our car service every six months or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you know, we forget about ourselves, you know, so sometimes we forget what's important, you know, so, yeah. Eamon, so. stay there because we've, other conditions to talk about and some 083 30 10 103 on text and WhatsApp for your query. Midlands Today with Will Faulkner. Get exclusive content now on the Midlands 183 smartphone app. Midlands 103. Eamon Brady is here from Wheelands Pharmacies in Mullingar and a caller picking up on your topic about heart failure. They have irregular heartbeat. So not quite the same thing. Obviously, it relates to the heart and is therefore potentially serious. So what causes that and how do you treat it? Yeah. So there's a number. um, It actually can be, um, first of all, on... It, it can actually be a risk factor if you get a regular heartbeat and the most common type is atrial fibrillation mm. it actually can be a risk factor to bring on um, congestive cardiac failure congestive heart failure you know it's amongst other things the main thing is that it um, can bring on the risk of stroke you know cause sometimes they don't know the cause you know but um, like a lot again it's actually similar to what I talked about in um, with the the heart failure it's all for any heart condition it's nearly all the same risk factors Genetic being number probably number one, or lifestyle, you know, um, diabetes. Unfortunately, if you're, mm. you know, there's two hundred two hundred thousand diabetics in Ireland, increase your risk of um, 
any heart disease, basically any type of you know heart related disease, five fold. You know, so any diabe- nearly all diabetics in Ireland, they're lucky enough to be diagnosed. Um, will be on the, maybe on medication now. Some if you're kind of they might monitor you initially and try diet and that. If that's not working, medication that's very safe to use. You know, most people with type two diabetes, that's the type that is related later in life for obesity would be a big factor, genetic as well. Deal medication control, but you nearly always put on blood pressure tablets and um, maybe a, a, a blood thinner and a statin for a cholesterol because the diabetes just increase your risk of heart related problems so much, you know. So, but back to atrial fibrillation, like a regular heart rhythm, atrial fibrillation is the most common um, type. Uh, the the causes is basically sometimes they don't know mm. it's um and basically symptoms. I remember my, my dad's yeah. case. Sorry, Emmett, yeah. but uh, he wasn't diabetic and yeah. was of normal weight all his life, and yet he developed it. And I think he was given. You mentioned a blood thinner earlier. Um, yeah, was yeah. it Eliquis? Uh, Eliquis, yeah, mm. yeah. Bixaban is the name of the drug, you know, and it's it's only out about fifteen years or less, less actually, because it's not going to patent yet, so it's less than fifteen years. So it's um. It's very effective, you know, at preventing clots, you know. And like, well, I will say actually in general in, on, in relation to cardiac problems, sudden death from heart disease in Ireland has halved since 1990, you know. So and a lot of that is down. And I'm a pharmacist. I'm not here making out medications, be all or end all. Mm. But a big factor is medication. And not just people, I suppose, taking better control after, um, after you know, like years ago, sure, lads, you know, so like, They'd be too busy going to the pub sometimes than <laughs> going to visit a doctor, but uh, it was just different times. Yeah, you know? we are more yeah, health like, conscious. You are more health conscious, and people, you know, but um, but the medication like that's come out in the last thirty years, like um, blood pressure, blood pressure medication, you know, from nineteen fifties on actually, but but um, it has improved, you know, in the last thirty years. Statins is a big one, you know. So statins is a cholesterol medication. They came out like over thirty years ago, and it does they do save lives, you know. It's like that's the fact, and um. Um, blood pressure medication, you know, so and it has vastly improved, and you know, and they're very most of them are very safe, you know. I'm actually on a blood pressure tablet myself. I've never had an issue, you know, and um, what they call it, um, yeah, it's you know, but like I mean, like if you have a side effect from it, I won't go into the specific side effects. Of specific, it would be here all day, but um, but there are usually yeah, ways so, of switching around, aren't there? Yeah, doctor yeah. will change over mm. or reduce the dose slightly, you know. But so just w- with uh, AFib, yeah. how is it detected? It's um an ECG is the most um most common way you know so basically it's um and a lot a lot of problem is a lot, a lot of people are walking around there without without knowing they've AFib you know now um the and as, going back to the causes yeah I mentioned the causes like it can be the lifestyle factors but like high blood pressure big cause if you have had a previous heart attack actually myocardial infarction is the medical term it can bring on AFib d- damaged heart muscle you know heart valve pro- problems could be congenital it could be born with symptoms wise um, a lot of people a high percentage of people with AFib are symptomless right so that's why uh, your your full kind of MOT is important you know and the problem with I suppose the, if you're symptomless like Sorry, echo, echo, ECG or echocardiogram is the best, is the most um, common way to get, um, to, probably the only really way to get. Mm. Blood tests can show a bit as well, but um, ECG is important. But the problem, if you're symptomless, your doctor might be inclined to send you for um, 
an ECG, you know. Although but, you can um, get, I'm doing so, one now on the watch. Yeah, Some yeah. wearables. Yeah, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can give you an indication, like, you know. So definitely technology is, is coming on on that front, you know. So, and then the ones that do, people that do have symptoms, and it generally comes on more as it, as it gets more serious. I suppose the, the main thing with AFib is it's a regular heartbeat. Basically, it's from your atrial, your atrium uh, is your first part, is atrium and ventricle in the heart. And the atrium, basically the, the, the electric electrical current that basically starts the heartbeat mm. is gets irregular, you know, and it's kind of random, you know, and um, basically your heart isn't pumping properly, you know, and uh, and um, symptoms um, and your heart rate is generally quite fast with AFib. So it's um, it's it goes over 100 beats per minute. You I know? think I'm and OK here. You know, it so, says sinus rhythm, yeah. 63 beats a minute. Yeah, that's very good, you know. Take that sildenafil and it'd be a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what do you call it? Um, the the symptom then those who have symptoms, breathlessness is a is a common one. Tiredness, palpitations, which is you know like mm. um, fast heart rate, um, lightheadedness, um, chest pains, tightness. But not all people with you know which um, AFib atrial fibrillation people call it AFib for short or AF. You know, um, the complication, main complication is risk of stroke. You know, it's like a. You know that's the because it, it what happens is it forms a clot, it, it increases the risk of a clot in mm. the heart, but the the clot, a stroke is a clot in the in the blood in the brain, but that clot travels through um the your blood vessel and mm. can end up in the in the brain and cause a stroke. So it's a big big factor, you know. So it's um so basically it is in it is more common in, in again age like every condition nearly it's um. Age is a, is a massive factor. Well, none Medi- of us are here yeah, forever, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, we're never going to live forever, but we can try to live a bit longer, I suppose, as the old saying goes. But um, medication that's used, as again, as some of the other medications talked about for the, a lot of the medications used for nearly all heart problems are the same. But um, um, beta blockers, which are um, regulate the heartbeat. Um, the Joxon is, um, I mentioned earlier, it's, it's kind of, it's an old fashioned one, but it's still used commonly to... Um, to kind of regulate the the heartbeat. It's not it's not actually as successful for um for years ago. It probably one of the only treatments for a a fib. You know, and that's what I say. Medication improved, but it's it's not shown to be success successful. If you're on a for it, that, don't worry about that. But it's not you know it's like and you're often in combination with these calcium channel blockers. They're used for blood pressure, but actually. The, and there's newer versions of them using blood pressure, but actually, ironically, the older ones called Farapamil, they'll tie us they're out for like 30, 40, 50 years. They're the ones that can be effective for um, for atrial fibrillation. And Amiodarone is one, um, Cordrone X is the name of the brand. It's It can be very effective for, for AFib. The only problem with that is um, it can cause risk of side effects, especially with the eyes. So that sometimes the... Um, the um, the cardiologists and doctors are less inclined to use us, you know, but it, it is safe if, if monitored, you know. Um, the, now, there is other non-medication doesn't work for everybody, you know. So there is other um, treatments. The two main ones is a thing called a cardioversion and a cardiac ablation, you know. Um, what does the, that mean in plain English? <laughs> yeah, so that's what, yeah, so basically cardi- a cardioversion it involves, it's done in a hospital. You're often in and out within a day or two, but um, it, a cardioversion involves using small electric shock through the elect- through electrodes. You patch mm. the button your, on your chest and um, electric shocks, and it tries to nearly shock. I won't, shock I won't get yeah, I won't get too medical on it, but it nearly shocks the the heart into the, the rhythm goes back to mm. normal. It's um doesn't work for everybody, but it's it's a high success rate, you know. So it's it's probably the most common 
um, treatment, you know. Um, for you, it actually works, it actually restores heart rate in over 90% of cases, you know. But I'm if sorry, it doesn't yeah, work, there is one other port of call. Yeah, there's a cardiac ablation. So that's actually, believe it or not, like little, you know what, involved, um, it's small burns or freezes on the heart muscle, you know, and for whatever reason, I won't go into detail, but it it does work in in um in uh, like a good percentage of people, you know, cardiac um, <coughs> it's not used. The cardiac cardiac um cardiac conversion would cardioversion would be the more common treatment, mm. you know. Now medication first, then these um y- sure, more surgical yeah. and pacemaker would be a last resort, you know. It's like um would be used in cases that aren't um, responsive to medication, like you know. So that and, artificially you know, so, regulates the heart. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you know. And stroke, like, I mean, stroke prevention is a big part of it. So people will be nearly always on, put on them blood thinners, like the one you said your dad is on, you know, the, the Abixaban or Eliquis, you know, so. Eamon, we're yeah. out of time, I'm afraid. Yeah. And besides, uh, after taking that tablet, you're becoming more and more attractive to me all the time. So yeah, I suggest yeah. you get yes, out of here. I've ever run. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, you will find him at Whelan's Pharmacy and indeed Clonmore Pharmacy yeah. in Mullingar. That's it. Thank you very much for your time, Eamon. Thank you, Will. And a happy Christmas. Love the Midlands? Love your Christmas station. Midlands 103. That's still on the agenda today. The various associations from the GAA to the LGFA to Camogie are all going to amalgamate in different counties. And we'll hear how that process looks in Leash around just over half an hour's time. Court heard a young man tried to murder his own mother by setting fire to their house in Delvin while she was still inside. And don't rule out the possibility of a white Christmas just yet. Leash Weather has the story from 20 past 11 this morning. When you call 0818 300 103 is my number. You can text or WhatsApp 083 30 10 103. At the risk of opening old wounds... You will recall, no doubt very painfully, the deaths of babies at Portleash Hospital over a period of several years. Deaths that ultimately were preventable, which resulted in a review by Tony Houlihan, the then Chief Medical Officer, and later by the Health Information and Quality Authority. And changes were made, and we were told lessons would be learned from the Portleash example that could be applied in maternity units all over Ireland to make them safer. But here we are in the latter days of 2023 and a campaign has begun for the government to review 21 baby deaths over the last decade, not the one before. Claire Cullen represents Safer Births Ireland and she's from Port Leash. Claire, good morning. Hi Will, how are you? Very well, thank you. Tell us more about your group and its objectives. Well, basically, we are um, we were set up. Um, Safe Birth Ireland represents a minority of parents who have all been through a loss, which um, manifested into an investigation through the health or the judicial system um, around um, the loss of a child or baby. And these aren't just in Portlaoise, are they? They're not, no. Um, as a collective, really, it is uh, national, but there are a number of uh, Port Leash parents who have lost a child directly uh, within uh, the Midlands Regional Hospital, Port Leash. But it is, it is overall um, 
uh, a number of uh, hospitals throughout throughout the nation really that uh, parents are also involved in in the group. Yeah. Now, listeners may recall when we talked about this again almost a decade ago, there were similarities between some of the cases in the past where, let's say. Uh, the baby's heartbeat was not properly monitored. It was confused with the mother's uh, where a drug was given to accelerate labour when actually all the indications were that that was inappropriate. There were mistakes that were made again and again and again and lessons failed to be learned. Are we looking at something similar now or have, please say, those lessons been absorbed? No, 100%. It's uh, across the board. Uh, Everything you highlighted there are still ongoing issues. And that's what we're trying to represent really more so than anything else is to bring awareness around the lack of standards within our system so that we can implement some aspect of change now um, rather than letting it go another decade. But there were some set piece events after the reviews of 10 years ago. For instance, the National Maternity Strategy was published. Uh, in the yeah. case of Port Leash, there was a reorganisation of management. The COOM became more involved in supervision and training. So how yeah. is it that we're um, still having the same conversation? Well, the implementation of policy and procedure is there, and we can see it within documentation. Unfortunately enough, uh, the shared experience um, from parents who've gone through the process is is the, the opposite. So it's really the their implementation of that of policy on the ground and the monitoring um, procedure as it, uh, uh, that is highlighted within say the maternity um, strategy. And uh, really, like from that report uh, in 2015 that HICWA did around um, uh, the investigation. Um, of safety and quality and standards of the services within the Midlands Regional Hospital Port Leash. To say that here we are and uh, we know of uh, numerous um, deaths that have occurred uh, in recent years in the same hospital and across shared experiences, as I highlighted there, there, there's too many um, similarities that are occurring um, in, in the loss of these parents' experiences with their child. One other feature of those previous cases was a, a culture of circling the wagons and parents felt that they were coming up against brick walls when asking questions, that sometimes it was quite even hostile where they might attend a review and uh, they would be yeah. vastly outnumbered by people on the other side. And there was an assurance, and Leo Varadkar was health minister at the time. He vowed on this programme that open disclosure would not just be the policy, but would become the culture. Has that at least changed? No, 100%. Realistically, what I can say is that it's it's actually unfortunate that our group was formed on the back of those non-disclosures and um, our individual voices basically go unanswered. So over the years, we've all contacted the HSE, the Minister of Health, the CEO um, uh, of of the the HSE uh, and numerous departments within the HSE. And we are continuously um, ignored and our queries and answers are, 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 are looking at the, the answers that we're looking for. They're actually going unanswered. And uh, we believe that the only way forward now is power in numbers. And that's, all, that's actually what represents our um, organisation and what we're trying to achieve together because individually we have just been completely ignored um, 
in our approaches. So, no, it's uh, the open disclosure element. We're still fight- fighting for that at the moment, uh, to be completely honest with you, Will. Um, they, they implemented uh, Open Disclosure Act in May of this year, and it's still actually not being implemented by the HSE. So legislation is huge on our agenda. I was wondering if different arms of the state are competing with each other because the state claims agency takes over when potentially there is a legal exposure and yes. its modus operandi seems to be, uh, by its nature, I suppose it has to be somewhat adversarial. That's how the court system works. Um, yeah. But it doesn't achieve the cultural change that that we've been promised. So no, what do you want? Isn't... And bearing in mind there are politicians listening to the programme, it very much... 10 years ago exploded into the political realm. Uh, what's your ask? Yeah. At the moment, we're clearly asking for one thing, and that is a review, a, re- a review of the 21 baby deaths that were highlighted um, in in the examiner yesterday. And, um, you know, for, for the Minister of Health um, um, or the Department of Health to actually come back and, and answer the, the questions that were posed by um, the journalist Neil Michael yesterday, um, around, you know, are they aware? And what, what do they intend to do about this? So we are asking, um, as an organisation, uh, we have emailed directly to the Minister of Health and the Department of Health um, from Safer Birth Ireland, and we have asked just one clear question, that will they um, initiate a review? Well, the opposition seems to support you. Sinn Féin's health yeah. spokesperson, David Cullinan, is quoted in that article in the Irish Examiner, saying, given the number of incidents, a look-back review conducted by the Chief Medical Officer may be warranted to ensure that coroner recommendations are being implemented across all units to give confidence to expectant parents. And he says it would be highly concerning if those recommendations have not been implemented. And we want reassurance that it is going to uh, go ahead. And that's why we are... Um, just make it, you know, bringing awareness around it right now and uh, we are asking for all to just step up and ask the Minister of Health to um, go ahead with um, implementing the review and that's basically our ask. Well, Stephen Donnelly has been asked by many sources for comment and so far has yet to give one but we will continue to see what his position is on this. It is within his gift to ask the Chief Medical Officer to carry out that review. In the meantime, Claire, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Will. Claire Cullen from Safer Births Ireland and she herself is from Portlaoise. We're already putting the next Midlands Today show together. Get your topic included. Email midlandstoday at midlands183.com If you're hoping for a white Christmas, it's still a little bit far away to say for definite. Six days to go and weather models can change. But let's see what the current projection looks like. Daniel Dunn is based in Duro, and he runs Leash Weather on Facebook. Morning, Daniel. Good morning, Will. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I was reading your post where you suggested there is a possibility of some snow at around five o'clock in Leash on Christmas Day. <laughs> but again, as I said, these are moving targets. They are indeed. A um, huge health warning comes with uh, model forecast, you know, that can chop and change. I suppose to give you a little bit of an idea, could you imagine you're in your back garden, uh, 10 metres down the way, you've got a little target and you're throwing a frisbee at it and 30 of these frisbees at it each time and you're just hoping to hit once and get lucky. 
So that's what the that's what the models are like. These are these come out from the Americans, the Europeans. They generate these every six hours, and each time they chop and change and show a different outcome. What we're trying to do is find a trend in those. So earlier in the week, yeah, it looked like we could just about uh, swipe a bit of snow out of uh, Christmas morning, but yeah, it's pulled back a little bit again. So. There could be a few disappointed kids and all of us want to see mm. a, a snowy Christmas on Christmas morning. It could still come back. The good news is we will be on the cooler side of of the um, of the polar front, which divides kind of the milder air that we're kind of being stuck in for the last few days. This morning's a little bit cooler. We're back on the cooler side of that, but the milder side is pushing back in from now until Christmas, and then Christmas morning the cooler air just pushes back down again. Will it be cold enough for snow? It's uh, very hard to say at this stage. It will be on the cool side, you know, probably two, three degrees starting off in, in the morning, getting up to six or seven. So if it does snow in those early hours, probably won't stick around for long. Yeah. So get up early. And I'm sure if you've little ones in the house, that won't be a problem. Um, Absolutely. Could be a bit blustery leading into Christmas as well, I was reading from Met Aaron. That's right. That's right. So what we have at the moment is we've got a big high pressure just situated north of the Azores Islands. And we've got a, a deep low pressure going in across Scandinavia. And in between the two, where we are right to that bang in the middle, we've got this fresh, brisk northwesterly airflow. And that's actually what is going to set up this colder air to push down just for Christmas Day. But probably won't be cold enough for snow. It's tracking it's tracking in kind of too much from the northwest. We need more of an, an orderly hit. And for the last few weeks, we were uh, looking at, you know, the long-term projections was signs that the high pressure in the middle Atlantic was going to push up towards Greenland. And when that happens, that really opens the floodgates for colder air. But just at the moment, uh, the Canadian uh, landmass is sending over a few more low pressures. It's just stopping that link between Greenland and the mid-Atlantic high pressure. It's scuppering our chances of a good cold spell, which I think we might enjoy after after such a, a mild, mild year. Well, We'll wait and we'll see. And in the meantime, follow the updates on Leash Weather on Facebook. Daniel, thank you very much for your time. Great, Will. Thank you. Daniel Dunn from Duro. Feel good Christmas music. With Corcoran Hearing at the Midlands Consultants Clinic, Arden Road, Tullamore. <laughs> Family owned with a personal, confidential, reliable service and hearing solutions for everyone and every budget. Find Corcoran Hearing on Facebook. Midlands Women 3. Hilda wants to open another old wound. Car insurance. Old insurer wanted an extra 20% this year. After I rang, only asking for 12 was sufficient. I switched, and now I am paying 20% less than last year. And so, yeah, the message, I think, is very clearly, shop around. And apologies my sincere apologies to people who were waiting to hear about the weight loss drug, Ozempic. We just ran out of time, unfortunately, with Eamon Brady from Whelan's Pharmacy, and we will prioritise it very, very soon. So if you had been waiting for that, my bad. Next, a court has heard how a young man tried to murder his own mother by setting fire to her house while she was still inside. This event at Castleview Court in Delvin in County West Meath. 
Disagree? Feel free. Text or WhatsApp Midlands today yeah. on 083 103. In just over 10 minutes, the process of amalgamating three private associations, Camogie, the LGFA and the GAA. We'll take a look at County Leash as an example of how this is going to work. First, though, a court has heard how a young man tried to murder his mother by setting her house on fire while she was inside. And this event happened in Delvin in County Westmeath. Frank Graney is our court's correspondent and was watching proceedings. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Will. Tell us more. Well, um, this case relates to uh, Camden Kanopka, a a now 23-year-old man, uh, 19 at the time when he set that fire. Um, And back in 2019, they were living together, he and his mother, living together in a county council house in Atboy. Um, Just two days before he set the fire, um, we heard that she had brought him to see a psychologist because she was concerned. Um, she was having difficulties with him, especially because of his drinking and his drug taking. Uh, she described her son as abusive, uh, disrespectful and, re- and reckless towards her when uh, he was on drugs. Um, we heard that she had thrown him out of the house on a few occasions because of his threatening behaviour. And over the years, she had also secured uh, various court orders against him. But on the day in question, which was the, the 19th of September uh, 2019, uh, she went to bed at about half past nine that evening. Uh, she locked her bedroom door. She always did that because she had medication and money in her room and her son Camden had stolen from her in the past. About a half an hour later then, at 10 o'clock that night, um, she heard them knocking at the door. It was Camden. He was looking for medication, uh, claiming he had a migraine. Uh, she refused to let him in. Um, he had, in the past, been addicted to prescription medication, so she wasn't going to give him any that evening. He persisted, we heard, for almost an hour she threatened to call the guards. He was banging the door down. He was shouting at her. Um, and a few minutes after she made that threat to call the guards, everything went quiet until the smoke alarm went off. Um, she initially thought that he had pressed it to annoy her, perhaps to get her out of bed. Mm. But when she got out of the bed herself after noticing a toxic smell in the air, uh, she left her room, uh, was met with a black plume of smoke coming towards her. She couldn't breathe. She couldn't see. It was thick black smoke. She ran back into the bedroom, closed the door behind her. She was very panicked, as you can imagine, and desperately trying to get out. She called 999. She then went to uh, the window. This was an upstairs bedroom, uh, screaming for help. And luckily, some neighbours heard her cries. Um, a man with a ladder uh, came to her rescue and helped her escape through the window. Um, she actually, when she um, got down outside the house and there was a crowd after gathering at the time, she thought her son was still inside. So she was pleading with those gathered to kick down the front door to maybe smash a window in to gain entry. And while they did try, the fire pushed them back. They couldn't get in. And as it turns out, um, Camden was actually spotted up the town by one of the people that had been in the crowd uh, that night. And he eventually returned to the scene. And how did she eventually get out? It was with the assistance of a neighbour who had um, heard her cries for help and had got um, a ladder. Um, So he assisted her, I suppose, getting out from that that upstairs bedroom window. In the immediate aftermath then, there was a full forensic sweep of the house. A a technical examination revealed that the fire had um, started or at least was concentrated in or around the sofa in the front living room downstairs. A lighter was also found in a partially burned armchair. A total of 60,000 euro in damage was caused by the fire. Camden himself 
um, was treated as a witness initially. He gave a witness statement to Gardaí. He described feeling very anxious and very depressed that day. He said that he met a friend in the afternoon. He said they went up the town, ate some uh, opioid flour called nightshade. And he said things got blurry after that. He said that his mood was very low. He felt suicidal. He took an overdose of tablets and wine uh, when he got home that night. And he said that he remembered lighting up a cigarette as he walked out of the house. And he threw it away into the sitting room as he left the house. So Camden was initially suggesting that it was an accident. Mm. However, three months later, um, his mother secretly recorded him apologising to her and making a full confession to her. Um, He told her that he had deliberately set the fire that night and that he was very sorry for it. He admitted pouring white spirits all over the couch before setting it on fire and leaving the house. And he actually locked her inside, I should say. Uh, He took two sets of keys, his own and her set of keys. He locked the front door. It was a double lock. He locked both locks with her keys uh, before leaving the house, which he then threw away. So she was locked inside after he set that fire. She was devastated to hear all of that. She had lost everything in that fire, 20 years of work up in flames. And she went to the guards with that recording. And Camden was then arrested. And he went on to make a full formal confession. He said that he regretted what he did. He was very sorry. He said that he was out of his mind on drugs. He was delusional. And he said that he wouldn't do such a thing if he had been sober. So what is the charge that he faces? The charge that he faced and has admitted to was the attempted murder of his mother. He pleaded guilty to that back in July. Um, But also there was another charge put to him yesterday, uh, which he also pleaded guilty to, and that was um, essentially putting her life in danger, um, whether intentionally or recklessly, by setting the the fire that night. So yesterday was essentially a sentence hearing where all of the evidence and all of the facts of the case, as as I've just mentioned, were laid out to uh, the judge. His mother, um, Camden's mother, interestingly, wasn't in court yesterday, um, we heard that they do still uh, communicate. They are in touch through a sister of hers, Camden's aunt, but she didn't want to come to court. She has had some health difficulties. She wasn't in a position to come to court yesterday. She also didn't want to make a victim in- impact statement. Um, the court heard that Camden had long-standing mental health issues. In fact, as I said, just two days beforehand, um, she had taken him to a medical professional. Mm. She had concerns that he was, had per- perhaps had Asperger's, um, but the, the doctor that saw him at the time saw found nothing wrong with him, but he has since been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Uh, we heard that he's also on the autism spectrum. He has spent some time in the central uh, mental hospital over this, but has been deemed fit enough in recent times to be released back to Coverhill Prison, where he remains on remand until um, until he is sentenced. And the sentencing will take place in March of next year? Yes, well, what will happen in March is the court has directed that a probation report um, be compiled. That will be presented to the court in March and then the judge is likely to take a little bit more time uh, to hand down a sentence. It's a very difficult case, a very sad case, as the judge pointed out yesterday. So it will take a little bit of time, but he expects to pass down sentence perhaps around Easter time. Frank, thank you very much for your time. And again, just to clarify, Mr Knopka has an address given in court as Castleview Court in Delvin. The incident we're referring to happened while he and his mother were living together in Athboy in County Meath. Hear Midlands today, tomorrow. Missed anything this morning? Catch the repeat at midnight tonight. Or listen back anytime on midlands103.com. Midlands 103. Sean in Derry wonders how many new houses could be built for the cost of the criminal damage in the Dublin riot or the Galway Hotel fire. What planet are the so-called far right on? Far wrong, I call them, he says. And Jim Smith... 
a little belated on this, apologies Jim, but the Charleville National School crew are on their jingle bell walk in Tullamore and want to wish all a very happy Christmas and indeed many happy returns to you and yours, Jim. In August, the three associations of the GAA, the LGFA and Camogie voted overwhelmingly to pursue a path of amalgamation. The former president of Ireland, Mary McAleese, is working as the independent chairperson for the integration process. She is on the record as saying a plan for integration will be ready by February of next year. So with this as the backdrop, Leash GAA chairperson PJ Kelly says he's concerned the GAA barely has enough resources to support itself, let alone two other associations. And he joined Midlands 103's David Hollywood to discuss the future of those associations from the county board's perspective. There is a lot of emotion in this, and I think that's a massive word you said, because going back to our forefathers who, who, who created the GAA, uh, they're being uh, mentioned a lot of late. Um, but how have I reflected on it? I suppose I work fairly closely with Leash uh, ladies um, in terms of their, their, their recent su- all-earned success uh, when Donny Brennan was over them. It was actually my first year as chairperson in Leash. Uh, in terms of making what we could available to them in terms of uh, our gym, in terms of our pitches, our centre of excellence, uh, or more park when, when we could, that was all made available to them. So I'd have a good working relationship with them on that front. Uh, where do I envisage it going from here? I suppose of late integration is, 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 is making... It's making a lot of traction. Uh, my own personal view is I think it needs to needs to slow down a little. Uh, in terms of a strategy, yeah, being long term, I think we do need to have a better plan in place. We all talk about uh, infrastructure. Have we enough infrastructure for ourselves in the GA even at present? Personally, I'd say no. That's even before we look at bringing in other two, two other uh, well, stakeholders, as in the LGFA and the Camogie. So I just think... and. I know we're, there's a lot of the public waiting uh, apprehensively for uh, an update uh, from our former Oakdoran uh, president, as in Mary McAleese, she's heading up that. And I think a recent interview on, on the Late Late Show, um, she, may, she may have uh, given out I, my own belief, maybe some false hope that this is nearer to being to fruition than it actually is. Um, but on that front, I'd also like to say the GPA, uh, from observing their um, their views, their input into it as well. I they have amalgamated the GPA. Um, yes, but they're two different associations. Again, they are. They are. Um, they have said, and it's in it's, it's in writing like that in relation to amalgamation. Did it, but the players' charter, the ladies' uh, player charter, that if. Basically, our reading on it was if it wasn't met, that they were ready to mobilise. Like, I think their language uh, needs to be chosen maybe a little bit uh, more prudent. Um, Like, what are we saying when we say we're ready to mobilise if if our needs are not met? I suppose it it, it comes from a place of having been 
in a situation where many of them will feel disenfranchised and locked out of what the wider GA experience is. I've spoken to a fair few participants in, in ladies uh, football and camogie over uh, the last year or two in this station. And when they all start saying the same thing, it surely can't be a conspiracy of, of manipulation. There's there's genuine experiences out there and uh, their forebears would have been literally locked out of facilities. But you know, subsequently, they still can't share the same dream as what men can. And we saw it would play out with uh, the Port Leash ladies and mm-hmm. access to the things like uh, Leash Hiremore Park. So when they speak about mobilising, it's probably because they feel that this kind of stuff is not fair and they, they, they're thinking of using their leverage to, to, to attain fairness. Yeah, and it's all about being fair. But again, I'll go back to what I said initially. It's fair to, is it fair to bring them on board? 100% it is, of course. Is it fair to expect them to have the same uh, facilities, etc. as the GA? It is, of course. But we also have to look at reality. Reality is that the infrastructure currently uh, in the GA, uh, I would argue, is not sufficient to look after uh, the GA personnel. And that's before bringing in the other two stakeholders. Now, that to me is reality. It may not look fair, but it, it, it is reality. Now, I have no doubt, and to be fair, the GA and the government will fund this project. I have no doubt there. Um, but where do we get the land? Like, Where do we build pitches? I suppose these like, are problems that they are concerning from the GA's perspective, from least GA's perspective, yes. when resources are finite. Um, but in comparison to the situation that the ladies' associations find themselves in, uh, there, there are different levels of concerns. So would the argument not be right to say that whatever we have, we have so much more than they have, we'll bring them in and then we have to find a way of figuring it out fairly thereafter? Um, but you'd be bringing them in, I think, um, you'd be, it's like inviting them maybe for a, a four-course meal and when you get there you, you might be looking maybe to get the starter so I don't I don't know if I'd agree with just bringing them in straight out on, on the back of not having enough resources mm-hmm. but going back to Leash and Leash in particular yeah. and you mentioned Port Leash uh, I would have met on different occasions with uh, both the LGFA and the Camogie in Leash over fixtures over trying to uh, let them you know have access to a more park and as I say we when I say we, Niall Handy, our county secretary, who's uh, uh, over our fixtures, we do try and facilitate them where at all possible. We are looking at investing next year in terms of um, turning one of our pitches in the centre of excellence into uh, an all-weather pitch. And that could come at a cost of near a million euros. But the upshot of that is, yeah, more teams will be able to, to use it then, including the ladies. We've invested significantly this year in Omore Park. And unfortunately, it was one of the reasons initially why the the Camogie final wasn't uh, played in a more park was we had three weeks worked in, for in, um, for uh, irrigation we put in a new irrigation system which basically will long term mean the pitch is playable more often okay but unfortunately it did cross the time timing of the the Camogie final was now, it not identified that that could be an issue when when the decision was made to press go on the project uh, no, it wasn't, because um, we, I suppose, and this is something that we have learned uh, on both fronts, that uh, earlier communication is necessary. Um, and I have a good example of that, even of late, 
Um, I was approached by uh, a new administrator into Leash uh, Ladies Football. Um, he approached me in terms of um, for for fixtures for 2024, sure. which is what we need. When I say we again, now we're sitting down to do our fixtures. We need to know in February or March. We have to submit our our um, fixtures plan to Leinster Council and Crow Park early in the year. And generally, I know they're in draft. Generally, they're on form. But at that stage, that's where all stakeholders need to sit down. Not like I done this year. I met with them in in August and September. Which suddenly there's less room, wriggle room for changes. Everyone's but under pressure then. They whereas are. now you can figure out solutions for yes. if if you if you get the the topic broached sooner, which sounds like at least that that's the lessons are being learned not only here but all around the country in terms of. Um, working better together uh, would you then like to see as I've heard mooted and suggested elsewhere Camogie and Ladies Football form the one association and that would simplify a further amalgamation down the line I would yeah and I'd be on record in Crow Park in saying that I I believe that it's a lot easier bring two stakeholders together than three and if we go back to our former route run, as in least person, Liam O'Neill, it's something that he he put a lot of time into as well in terms of the integration. And he is on, on record in saying that it's probably something if he was to do again that he put a lot of focus on trying to get the hurl or sorry the camogie and the LGFA together first and foremost, and then look at Malgan amalgamating with the GA in, in, in the bigger context. So I would be in favour of that, yeah. And that was Midlands 103's David Hollywood speaking with Leash GAA Chairperson PJ Kelly. Bringing the programme to a close today, it was produced by Sinead Hubble and we will do it all over again tomorrow morning from 10. Take care. Bye-bye. Christmas music to make you feel good. With Corcoran Hearing at the Midlands Consultants Clinic Tullamore, where your PRSI contributions cover up to €1,000 on new hearing aids. Find Corcoran Hearing on Facebook. Midlands 183.